established under the Hawaii Accords. He was a research director of the Center for Monitoring the Impact of Peace, writing reports, writing reports of the Palestinian Authority, Syrian and Jordanian school books. He's the author of Palestinian Media, uh, uh, Media Watch's many reports and studies on aspects of Palestinian society's uh, issues of incitement. And he's also reporting on how foreign aid is misused by the Palestinian Authority for the promotion of terror and obstacles to the peace process. So it's an honor to welcome you here this, this afternoon. Thank you. And also thank you very much for giving me the honor of having the opportunity to address this, uh, this important group. Palestinian Media Watch was founded 14 years ago. The goal was to find out what Palestinians were saying amongst themselves in Arabic. We knew what they were saying in English, we knew what they were saying to the media. We wanted to know what they were saying in Arabic, and in particular focus, what were they saying to their children? Because we believe that what Palestinians were saying to their children in the formal education, in the school books, in the informal education, in the media, was going to determine if we had peace in the next generation. It also was a true indicator of what the Palestinians really believed. Now, to do this, when we read the newspapers, when we follow television, when we read the schools, we study everything uh, in Palestinian society. We study even the sports pages, culture, even crossword puzzles, uh, to get a total sense of what's happening at the people level in Palestinian society. Now, just give you one example. What could possibly be important in the sports section that we would study sports? I'll just show you three examples among hundreds that we found in the sports page. We've done soccer tournaments named after people like Abdul Basinde, who was a suicide terrorist from the Passover State. We've done summer camps named after Wafa Idris, who was the first woman suicide terrorist. And just this month, there was a summer camp named after Dalal Mugherbi, who was the woman terrorist who hijacked the bus in 1978. It was the worst terrorist attack in Israel's history, 37 years ago. All of this and many, many hundreds of more examples from sports. So we see how sports is being used in Palestinian society to create role models and to create heroes for Palestinian children. Today's topic is Palestinian anti-Semitism. And the question is, to what extent is anti-Semitism basic to Palestinian society? And the question is, what I want to show is not only is it basic, but it actually is an important part of the evolving Palestinian national ideology. Now, the Palestinian Authority had a great challenge. Uh, in 1994, when the Palestinian Authority was established, the great challenge was to create a Palestinian national identity. Most Palestinians had an identity that was based on family, based on clan. There was not a Palestinian national identity by any means. They had a challenge of creating this. In addition, there was Israel, who had a 3,000-year documented history. They didn't have any history documented uh, and history at all. So the question is, how do you create this Palestinian national identity? Now, one of the things that we have found since the very beginning is that it was critical for the Palestinians to create a history, a thousands of year old history for themselves, and at the same time to deny Israel this thousands of year old history. Uh, the result of this ideology, and I'll show you this all in their own words as we go along, the result is Palestinians then would have a right to exist, and Israel would not have a right to exist. Now, the question was, what do you do with 3,000 years of Jewish history? And the same, second question was, this is a great challenge. This is where the anti-Semitism comes in and, and glues it all together. How do you explain the Jewish presence in the land if you didn't have history before, as the Palestinians are claiming? 
So this is this is the setup, and this is what the Palestinians are challenging. I'll show you how this plays out. Now, before we discuss, there are two separate messages in Palestinian society that ultimately one is that Israel doesn't exist, and one is that Israel doesn't have a right to exist. Today we're going to be talking about Israel doesn't have a right to exist. I want to show you how they also do the other. Israel not existing at all. And this is something that's a very, very important and frequent educational message for children. This is an example from a Palestinian children's program. It's literally the world is no Israel. All the ports, of course, are parts of Israel. Look at Palestine. We also have an example like this in the school books. Uh, there is no Israel. Everything is Palestine. And from a quiz on Palestinian television between universities just a few weeks ago, uh, the Palestinian coast and this quiz show between universities was 235 kilometers long, which is the length of Gaza and all of Israel. The area of Palestine is 27,000 square kilometers. A world literally in which Israel doesn't exist. This is one. This is one stage. But what we're going to be focusing on today is denying Israel's right to exist. Erasing history, Israel, even when it does, even when they say that Israel exists, Israel doesn't have a right to exist. I'll show you how this is done. First of all, the erasing of Jewish history. This is a PA historian uh, last year on TV. Uh, and just last month, uh, we had 
Sheikh uh, Sabri, the senior religious figure, who said the Palestinians have history. They're 7,500 years ago. Uh, we get many, many different numbers. So this is this is the message that continues, and it's in the school books. Thousands of years of Palestinian history, and all of Jewish history is fake and unanswered. So this is the first page. Now, some very interesting things happened because of this. I'll just give you one example. If there was no Jewish history, but there was a Palestinian history, then Jesus must be a Palestinian. And here is the Mufti speaking by
PLO was ambassador of Lebanon uh, two years ago, talked about these two, these two sides of the poem. But what I've showed you up till now is 
the demonization of the past. I want to show you is not just victims of the past. The Palestinians present themselves as ongoing daily victims of this evil of the Jews, and it's important for two reasons. One, they're still victims, but two, the more they demonize Jews today and Israel, the more they prove that they're correct in saying that Israel was created because the Europeans wanted to get rid of the Jews. I'll just show you a few examples of the kind of demonization that's going on right now. Uh, most of these things are in the last short while, the last few months. This is from the uh, from Palestinian television. They ran this with uh, these, these, uh, these poisonous snakes attacking anyone who wants to get up the ladder of peace. Uh, this demonized you over here in the uh, Palestinian newspaper. Here on Palestinian television, taken from a Qatari paper a few months ago, uh, this, uh, this demonized Israeli over here is sucking on the world uh, with the support of the United States. Uh, all of this from Palestinian. Now, this is just a few weeks ago, this is a fascinating one. Um, the text here below in the Arabic is, keep your flag clean. And how do you keep your flag clean? You dump out it. Again, this is on Palestinian television. It was showing a picture that appeared in a school and the posters that the children had made uh, in the schools. Now, here's the Mufti of Palestine. Just two months ago on TV, the Jews are the enemies of Allah. So here we bring in a whole different area that we haven't touched on now. Jews are being demonized. Why? Because God hates the Jews. The Jews are the enemies of Allah. This is even more significant as far as I'm concerned than the Mufti. This is an insignificant person. She's a moderator doing interviews with, with children of prisoners of Israeli uh, security prisons, all being terrorists or in Israeli prisons. She's interviewing the, the children, and this is what she says. The Jews are enemies, right? So the Mufti is saying with the enemy of God, this moderated spontaneously, official Palestinian television, the Jews are enemies, right? Let me show you a whole series of very current libels that are appearing in the Palestinian Authority. Uh, over the last few months, and some of them for a few years already, uh, Israel steals Palestinian organs, Israel is doing Holocaust to the Palestinians, Israel spreading AIDS and drugs, destroying the Al-Aqsa uh, doing Nazi-like experiments, and the Arab art. But I'll just show you some of this. Uh, this is the Minister of Prisoner Affairs. Israel is stealing body parts. This was in June of this year. The meeting dealt with the subject of the martyrs' bodies and the theft of their organs. Uh, here is the Tanya was chief religious justice. Israel was spreading AIDS. Said it's twice on TV, and then uh, two months ago there was a whole symposium, an event sponsored by the United Nations. They talked about fighting uh, HIV and drugs, which is being spread intentionally by Israel. So they're claiming Israel spreading drugs and cancer amongst Palestinians. Uh, Israel is trying to destroy the Al-Aqsa Mosque. Uh, this is an image in the Palestinian paper. Now, this is a very important one. Israel is duplicating the Holocaust. The Holocaust being the ultimate victimization that could possibly be. Israel is duplicating the Holocaust. This is from the official paper earlier this year. Everything the Zionist movement complained about over the course of its long history against Nazism, fascism, and against anti-Semitism is being done now by Israel in exactly the same way with great fervor. Against the Palestinian people, they say here, the Holocaust is during the Holocaust every day, every hour, and every minute. Now, from this general accusation, I want to show you they actually go down to the details of the Holocaust. And here, for example, this is a, a research paper done by a member of Parliament from the Fatah. And look at what he writes in his research 
that he just published two years ago about Israel's war of independence in 1948. He said this is material that just came to light now, and listen to what he writes. Palestinian prisoners were used for forced labor by the Israeli military. Zionist militias used every means of extermination and burning people alive. Zionist militias set up internment camps for civilian populations like the camps set up by Nazi Germany to separate them into three groups according to whether they were intended for deportation, execution, or detainment, selection. That's what he's describing. Uh, the doctors in these prison clinics are using the prisoners as guinea pigs for clinical testing of drugs, medical prisons. All of these are examples from the Holocaust. And also, uh, there was no policy of detaining people during the war of 1948. There is much evidence that confirm the fact that civilians were executed in mass and mass after they were detained. All of this in research by a Fatah member of parliament and released in the Palestinian papers, literally Holocaust impersonating. I'll show you one video which you will absolutely recognize this description from stories we know from the Holocaust, but this is what we're accusing Israel of. <laughs> المقبرة وأول نسخ وضع إلى جانب الخندق وثق عليه ضرب الرشاشات قتلوا طلبوا من النسخ الثاني أن يدفنهم أو يخرجهم بالحفرة وهكذا نسخ بعد نسخ. It's very, very current, literally happening today. Also, in terms of Holocaust impersonating, during the Gaza War, there was this demonstration in Ramallah, and they dressed themselves up uh, as, as prisoners in concentration camps. Uh, they also had this in Gaza uh, a year before, where they made this mock oven, and children were putting dolls inside the oven. Here's a swastika and an exhibit. Literally, everything Israel is being accused of, everything. Now, what is their solution? If Israel has no right to it, Israel is a civil force. The Europeans got rid of them, they dumped them on us, and now we're suffering just like the Europeans suffered. What's the solution? I want to show you. They say this uh, regularly. And, and this is official Palestinian television. May of this year, they had this, this little item. It's a little clip that they prepared, especially for uh, the anniversary of the creation of Israel, which they call the Nakba, the catastrophe. And they ran this every day for about, uh, I guess, about 10 days. Okay, and here we see it ties it all together because you stole, that's what they use the word, you saw the right in the beginning, because you had no right, then everything is stolen, you came from Europe, therefore, why don't you go back and that will bring peace. And like I said, this is official Palestinian television uh, numerous times, and this was already when the proximity talks were going on. The final thing I just want to show you is one final libel, because it's a very significant one. It's the libel that Israel killed Israel. This libel first appeared right after he died. In fact, it already appeared while he was sick, that we had done something to make him sick. We've heard dozens of 
detailed conspiracy explanation of how he poisoned him. And they say now that, that he was killed by poison. We've heard it from many, many top people. I want to show you two examples of this, both connected to children because they're very important. One is June 4th of this year. This was a PLO cultural festival in the presence of the Ministry of Culture, and this was one of the items that they had. Yaba! Yaba, So, 
to this afternoon's plenary session on Islamism and the construction of Jewish identity. I will introduce our three speakers at the outset, and I ask you to hold your questions until the end. Our first speaker is Daniel Tzadik. He is an assistant professor of Sephardic and Iranian studies at Yeshiva University in New York. A Fulbright scholar, Dr. Tzadik obtained his PhD here at Yale in 2002 from the Department of History. He has taught at Hebrew University in Jerusalem, and he's received important fellowships in Israel, Germany, and the United States. His most recent book is Between Foreigners and She's, 19th Century Iran and Its Jewish Minority. Our second speaker would be Jacob Lasner, also a Yale PhD. He is the Philip M. and Ethel Klutznik Professor Emeritus of Jewish Civilization at Northwestern University. And his special work is an associate professor at the Department of Middle Eastern History, senior fellow at the Center for Iranian Studies and at the Diane Center for Middle Eastern and African Studies at Tel Aviv University. He received his PhD from Harvard University. He specializes in modern Iranian and she 